following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you out. The Lord is good, and He's with us. Before I do anything, I've just got to do this this morning. I just got to lift my hands and thank God that I'm saved. If it had been up to the devil, we wouldn't have been here today. If it had been up to our friends, we wouldn't be here today. If it had been up to circumstances, we wouldn't be here today. But we're here today. Why? Because God had a purpose for our life. And there's books in heaven that are full about that purpose. And so I'm going to be talking to you a little bit in, about the books of heaven today. And I was reminiscing the uh, other night just sitting and I'm, you know, I'm not a young guy, but I am not over the hill. I'm getting close to the top. But, uh, but you know, I, I, I never did want to get old and get out of touch with the generation. You understand what I'm talking about? But, you know, generations move ahead, and, you know, I, I have to kind of find my way in this generation. You know, they, they talk about GIFs, and I thought they were talking about peanut butter for years, you know, and they talk about things. But the thing about it is this, that the Lord's goodness and mercy is for all generations. And I love the music today. Now, I won't remember those songs when I go home because not that they're not good. They're tremendous. It's just that I grew up on the old songs. And there's the ones I heard all my life. And I was just reminiscing the other night, and that old song came into my mind. says, when he reached down his hand for me. What the... What it says, I was sinking in despair when he came to me there and he told me that I could go free. And the Savior in love reached down from above when he reached down his hand for me. I'm glad I'm saved. Now, you know, 2020 has been a challenging year to say the least. But everything that's going on and everything that's happening and everything that's going around, I can still stand flat-footed and say by the grace of God, thank God I'm saved by the blood of the Lamb. Now, I want to start with two verses. I don't know where we're going to end up, but I know where we're going to start. and won't be long. But what I want you to understand is that, as Pastor Kent said, the books of heaven are there for the glory and honor of God and for your encouragement, encouragement, my encouragement, and our faith. I'm going to read Job 16, 19, and this is what Job says. He says, Also now behold my witnesses in heaven, 
and my record is on high. And then you turn over to Luke's Gospel 10, 20. The disciples were real jacked up that they could cast out devils. And Jesus says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now you see, Job was facing one of the most trying times that a person could face. Everything that you and I, that the world would determine precious was gone. He'd lost his possessions. He'd lost his family. He'd lost his children. All he had was his wife. He'd lost his health. And then he had all these good friends that were trying to tell him that it was all his fault. You know, that it was his fault that all this stuff had happened. And, and Job's trying to explain it to him. And he's trying to reason with him. And I remember when I first got saved, I tried to kind of keep up with the friends I had before I got saved. I realized pretty soon that I had to decide who I was going to follow. Was I going to follow my friends or was I going to follow the Lord? But I realized I'd found a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I and so I had to let them go. But I moved on to follow the Lord and the Lord has gave me more friends. But Job didn't need the friends that he had. So he just said, the only thing I can tell you is this. My witness is in heaven. And my record's on high. In other words, God's keeping up with it. See, God's the one who's keeping up with it. You can't make your decisions by what people think about you. You see, you just need to decide to please the Lord and let everything, because that's the most important thing. The disciples were excited about their ministry, and it's great. And they went forth, and they were casting out devils, and that's great. And they came back to Jesus, and they said, wow, Bezer said, hey, I can't believe this. It's amazing that we can cast out evil spirits. And Jesus is saying, you don't have your priority right. What you ought to be amazed about is that your names are written in heaven. In other words, what are you saying? What you ought to be amazed about, rejoice about, is that your name is recorded in heaven. In God's book, I put your name there is what he's saying. Because you see, the thing about it, in Hebrews 12, 23, it says to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered or written in heaven to God, the judge of all in the spirits of just men made perfect. That word written is a little different word that's usually written or alluded to in Greek. What it is, it's a verb that means to keep records. It refers to entering a person's name, his property information, his income tax, his legal information, the official government registry, the ledgers. In other words, in heaven's book, you and I have legal access because of the blood of the covenant of Jesus Christ. I don't have to slip in. I'm not going to have to be embarrassed about getting in, but I'm going to be able to taste the Lord boldly with confidence. Why? Because I've been saved by the blood of the Lamb and my name name is in the book. Now, there's thousands, probably millions of books in heaven. And I, but there's, there's five that I've discovered in the Bible. The book of the living, or probably we could call the book of destiny. And Pastor Ken's going to tell you about that. The book of life, the book of tears, the book of remembrance. The book of works. I'm going to talk about the book of living and remembrance and the book of life a little bit. But you see, 
book of tears is a book that just records how much God loves you and cares about you. Every tear you've ever shed in sorrow or grief, God had a record of it. He wasn't, he, you might have thought he was a million miles away from you. But God, his recorders in heaven, were keeping up with every tear you ever shed, every tear you ever cried. Why? Because there's coming a day when he's going to wipe all those tears away. But you see, he's recording them because you see those tears of intercession and those tears of sacrifice and those tears of praise and those tears of prayer. God's recording all that. But the thing about it, you see, is this. And I told these guys, you know, to kind of that we'd be skipping around. So my question is, why the books? And I think that's slide seven, guys. This is why I think the books are there. Because I think the most single treasure, truth, and demonstration of divine power is the Lord's love, forgiveness, and eternity in exchange for our weakness and our sin and our humanity. See, there's no greater divine demonstration of power than when God saves a sinner. Now, I, I'm, I'm a, I understand. I'm praying for the glory. I understand all about that. But I want to tell you, the true glory of God is revealed in this church or in this place about every Sunday morning when people come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because, you see, Jonah went through all the stuff that he went through, but he came to this understanding. The only thing I can tell you is salvation is of the Lord. There's not anything good about me that I would make it. There's not anything good about me that I would deserve it. But, but the Bible says the reason I had made it is because God had a plan all along now I know I got saved back in 1971 but according to God's plan I got saved before the foundation of the world he had a plan for it because you see what David said was this he talks about that his that God knew him before he was ever born. All his days were fashioned, and in the book they were written. You see, in what Romans 8 talks about, it talks about the foreknowledge of God. It means God knows stuff beforehand. You talking about? In other words, now God knows. That doesn't mean he always makes things happen, but God knows. But I just want to share this with you a little bit. According to what David said, before you were ever born, God knew your identity. Before you were born, God knew your complexity. That guy you're married to is so quirky and funky and you can't understand him. God understood him before he ever created him. Before you were born, God knew your individuality. Before you were born, God knew your destiny. And before you were born... God knew your possibilities. And what the Bible says is that even Jeremiah says that the Lord formed him in his womb and the Lord said, I knew you and I sanctified you. He tells Jeremiah, I knew you, I formed you, I sanctified you and ordained you. 
He told Paul, said, I separated you from the womb. In other words, he was called to the gospel. But you see, this thing doesn't just work for us. You've got to understand about the life of Jesus. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 7 and Psalms 47, the Bible says this. The Bible says in the scroll of the book or in the volume of the book, Jesus said it was written of me. In other words, Jesus' birthed the way he would behave, the way he would act, the things he did, where he would live, where he was born, where he would die, how he would die, his resurrection. Everything was recorded in the book. And he said it's in the volume of the book. In other words, God had a plan for Jesus' life. That plan was to redeem you and I, to redeem mankind. Now, if God had a plan for him, then God's got a plan for you and I, and it's in his book. But he says you've got to trust that I know what I'm doing. Because, you see, I've got a plan. That doesn't mean necessarily that it's going to happen to you. Why? Because God said, here it is. I've got a plan. I've got it all taken care of. I've got tomorrow taken of. I've got the future taken care of. I've got your past taken care of. I've got it all taken care of. Except for one thing. You've got to choose if you're going to trust me. You've got to choose if you're going to believe me. Because, you see, he created us. He loved us. But he said, I want you to serve me because you love me. Because you see, in Daniel 7, in Revelation 20, there's two places where the Bible literally uses the term, the, the books, talking about heaven. In Daniel 7, Daniel is, God takes him up and he sees a vision of the future and he sees the Lord come in and the Bible says and the court was seated and the books were open and then in Revelation 20 when it talks about at the great white throne judgment how you want to determine it the Bible says when everybody stands before God the Bible says the books were open and the book of life And so you see, God does everything orderly and in fashion. You know, things don't happen to you just by chance. Things don't happen to you just by coincidence. God's got a plan. That's what Jeremiah meant when he says, the Lord says, I know the plans I have for you. You think he just came up with them today. Oh, no, he came up with them way back in eternity. The Bible said your plan of salvation, that Jesus, was, that Jesus, the Lamb of God, was slain before the foundation of the world. When, however you thought, think about the Garden of Eden and what happened and what they got lost, God had that taken care of. Why? Because, you see, God is smart and wise and sovereign. And the Bible says everybody that he foreknows. In other words, he knows everybody before they were born. He said if he foreknows them, what does he do? He calls them. I'm not here because I just decided I wanted to preach one day. No, I doubt, as I, the older I got, that was the farthest thing away from my mind. But I remember one Sunday morning at 12 years old sitting in a little red chair in a Sunday school class and Sally Cox teaching me and I heard God speak to my heart told me that I was going to preach the gospel. Well, the long, older I got, the more I ran from it. But guess what? God had a plan. He already had it ordained back 
before I was ever born. Why? But the Bible said he called me. And everybody he calls, he what? He justifies. Now that's where, that's where the books of heaven are important. Because you see, in court, there's two words that kind of go together. And it's called justification or being justified, and, it call, and it's talking about being condemned. Now, what we talk about in, in justification is what, what people call ordinary justification. Say you go to court, and there's a law, and you're on trial, and you're on trial for one or two reasons. Either you did something you were not supposed to do or you didn't do something you were supposed to do. And what there has to be a verdict. There has to be evidence. And what that evidence, you are either justified or you're condemned by your behavior. That's why sometimes when, it's, when the case is tried and your behavior is looked back, Look back, they say, well, you're innocent, you're justified, you can go free because the evidence shows that. But then there's something that theologians call extraordinary justification. And what that is, the Bible says that Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. First of all, let me tell you, God didn't give his law to just condemn you. He gave his law to instruct you. But what instructs you couldn't supply the power to help you do it, okay? And so what, and so what the Lord has to do, he has to save us and help us through the power of the Holy Spirit. But you see... The reason that my name is in the Lamb's book of life, it's not because of my behavior. If it was my, if because of my behavior, my name wouldn't be there. I don't have enough good works to get it in there. I don't have enough good things to get it in there. There's no way in God's green earth I could get my name in there. But you see, I'm justified. I'm declared innocent. They're going to say one day now and forever, Dan Maddox is going free because his name there and why he's justified it wasn't because of what he's done but it's because of what Jesus did for him and as far as Jesus is concerned they're going to say what do you think about and he says I don't know what sins are talking about come on in well done thou good and faithful servant you're legal you're justified you're a child of the son of the living God hallelujah Because it's in God's books. It's in God's books. Now you see, Moses could have never got in on his good works. He was a murderer. Abraham couldn't got in. He was trying to give his wife to another man. And he's the father of a faith. Paul couldn't got in. He, he wanted to kill people who were trying to serve Jesus. Peter couldn't have got in because... He, 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 he denied Jesus three times in one night. You, just, you could go on and on and on. 
people we admire, they never could have got there, but they're in God's hall of fame. What? Not because they're worse, because the Bible says we're justified by faith. I like that word, whosoever. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And see, when, if God foreknows you, then he predestinates. He predetermines. See, he, he had a plan before you ever born. In, in general, it was he wanted you to be more and more and more like Jesus. But you see, in his book, in his book, he had all that plan worked out for you. But it comes to one thing. Just like he told Israel, he had a plan for Israel, got them out of Egypt and all that stuff, but they had to get over there to one place. And Joshua said, all right, here's the deal. You got to choose the day who you're going to serve. See, that's the thing. God gives us a choice. But the thing about it, and it's just hard to figure out, I can't really... Take credit for making the choice. Because you see, the only way I can make the choice is that he gives me the grace to choose. So so when the Bible talks about us casting our crowns at his feet, it's why. The only reason is because the books were going to identify that God had a plan. We trusted him. And because, you see, his plan is everybody he justifies. He, he foreknows you. He predestines stuff for you. He calls you. He justifies you. And here's the deal. If he's justified you, if he foreknew you, and if he predetermines plans for you, and he called you, and he justified you, then the way that I just know enough New Testament Greek to be dangerous. I've, I've forgot most of mine. But the way those verbs are written, they're written like things that have already happened. So what God is saying, if I justified you, you can rest assured I'm going to glorify you. Amen. You say, am I going to make it to heaven? Yes, I am. By what I do know, but what he did for me. And I trust that. It's in his books. It's in his book. Because you see, Malachi talked about there was a book of remembrance. And, and what they were, they were arguing about if God was fair and if God was doing right and God was ripping them off and all that stuff. I don't understand everything about God and his love and his kindness. But the Bible does talk about his judgment. God is able to make a quality decision is what the Bible says. That's what judgment is. Judgment is just a decision. And David in Psalms 101 verse 1 says, I will sing of God's mercy and I will sing of his judgment. 
I don't understand everything about it, but when this thing's all over, we're going to be singing about his mercy and we're going to be singing about the decisions he made for mankind for eternity because it's all written down in the books of heaven. I don't know everything that's in them, but I'll know them and I can read them when I get there. But you see, the books have been opened, the cord has been set down, and it's already been settled and my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Why? I'm justified by faith in the covenant of the blood of the Lamb. Just a few more minutes and I'm going to quit. But I'll tell you this. I know the pandemic has been tough. And I know 2020 has been challenging. But I want you to rest assured God is is in control. His plan, he's working his plan. In the midst of what looks like confusion and turmoil and all that, what? God is working his plan. It's just like Joseph. You thought, well, all hell was breaking loose against Joseph, but what was it? God's plan was to promote him and get him to where he's in charge of Egypt. God's plan is that one day you and I are going to rule and, and reign with him in this world, and, it, and we're ruling and reigning today. And he wants us to rule and reign. He wants us to reign over the enemy. He wants us to have authority over the devil. He wants us to have power over the enemy. He wants us to walk in authority. But when it's all over and I set this thing down, Thank God I'm saved. Amen. Thank you, I will. I don't understand everything about the Bible. When I was 36 and got right out of seminary, I thought I knew everything. But in Revelation chapter 5, there's a scene in heaven. And the Bible said there's a lamb there, a slain lamb, a lamb that had been slain from the foundation of the world. And there was a book. And John was crying because nobody was worthy to open the book. And before his crying party was over, somebody with a loud voice says, we found somebody who can open the book. Said, Jesus, the Lamb of God, has prevailed to open the book. That word prevail means that he has won the victory. In other words, Jesus came through victorious. Now, the Bible says that that book was sealed with seven seals. I can't prove this. But in the day that Revelation was written, if a king died, his will was sealed with seven seals. So what that tells me is that if God's got a plan for the world and he knows how it's going to plan out and I don't understand everything about it, then he's got a plan for me and it's in his books and he's promised that he'd do it and he knows me and he helps me and he's watching over me so I can believe him and I can trust him. So what do we do? Well, here's the thing.
it's a glorious thing when people get healed and saved and restored. And we, you know, Jesus said, you, you, you need to do that. You need to be occupying. You need to be doing, do, you know, Paul said, doing the work of the ministry. But there's two verses I'm going to leave with you. The Bible says in Ephesians 5 that Jesus is going to present to himself an ecclesia that is without spot and without wrinkle. Now, I don't care what you think you look like, but the ecclesia that's going to be, that Jesus is going to present to himself is the most glorious thing that you'll ever see. And then Jude 24 says, Unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before God's presence with joy. When I was a little boy growing up, we'd had revival, seemed like every two or three weeks in my church. And I, they, they couldn't get evangelists that sang or uh, did puppet ministries. They always got these people with the revelation charts. They'd reach from this side of church to the other. And they just took it literally. If it said dragon, it was a dragon with fire pouring out of its mouth. If it was a beast, it was a monster. It had these crowns and it had snarling teeth. It was ugly. I mean, it scared, it, 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 it scared me. And it took me a long, even after I got saved, I'm testifying now. It took me a long time to get over being fearful about standing before the Lord. Because I'd heard it in such an awesome, and it's going to be awesome, don't, don't misunderstand me. But here's the thing. There's no fear. Because you see, when I stand before the Lord, I'll stand before Him by the grace, mercy, and righteousness of God. And I'm justified. The court of heaven has already made decision, and it's recorded in those books, Pastor Kent, that you and I can go free. Shall we stand? Now, I hope that helps you some today. Maybe I just preached to myself. It helped me. But you see, God hadn't forgot you. God's keeping up with everything for you. God, God's not taking notes to beat you up. God's taking notes. Why? Because he, want, he, he wants to make sure that you You're not going to be ripped off. I promise you that. It's going to be greater than you. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.